0: How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan Maglune, and I am back with my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Tuesday, April 11th, and today we'll be talking a little bit about Steve Sarkeesian's latest press conference that happened April 11th um, and his appearance on The Pivot Podcast. Then we'll get into a preview into Texas's spring game. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns' updated roster, depth chart, the 2023 recruiting class, transfer portal additions and departures, Any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check that out. Michael, how have you been?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been good Um, this weekend. You know, kind of a relaxing weekend, obviously, with Easter around. Got to spend a lot of time with family, you know, and got to watch the Masters a little bit, which that was kind of a mess (laughs) weather-wise, Friday and Saturday. But but overall, pretty good weekend, pretty relaxing, and got to watch a little bit of golf. How about you?
0: Yeah, you know what? Two uh, former Longhorns made a roaring comeback yes, on yeah. Sunday. Uh, Speeth most notably, but also Scotty Scheffler kind of forced his way into the top 10, which I bet on. So very happy there. Uh, <laughs> Speeth getting into that top five. But uh, he might have been top three now that I think about it. But either way, uh, came roaring back Sunday. So awesome to see there. Um, yeah, no, like same with you, you know, we had Easter, so pretty relaxing, uh, week. And now it is finally, it's basically summer in Chicago at this point, it's (laughs) touching 80 degrees. We skipped spring almost, uh, completely. So, uh, feels good. Feels good. Uh, still haven't been able to hit uh, any golf course or any driving range yet, but I think I'm going to go tomorrow after work on my way home
1: nice nice that should be fun absolutely
0: absolutely i'm excited i need to get better uh (laughs) i think i talked about it last year but i think i i hit like a 139 uh my only time out last year but i'm i'm dedicated i'm going to get better at this this game (laughs) so uh we'll see how it goes i got a couple bachelor parties coming up I can't, I can't get embarrassed. Out there. <laughs> you know, I don't know everybody at this, at this bachelor party. I can't get embarrassed out there. Uh, if I am not force and with a couple people, I don't know. So just got to be respectable.
1: Hey, if worse comes to worse, you know, just feed them a couple drinks. Uh, they'll be absolutely sloppy with their golf game and hey, you'll be coming back just like Jordan uh, Scotty did on Sunday. <laughs> absolutely. I love it.
0: I love it. That's a great call. And maybe, you know, I'll have some myself and I'll just forget the whole thing completely. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Um, All right, let's get into a little bit of trending news here. And that's Lincoln Riley adding Cliff Kingsbury to his staff as an analyst. This is one where I think you and I talked about definitely off air, maybe even on the pod. But Cliff, uh, Cliff as an analyst always made a ton of sense, right? I mean, he just got fired. From being a head coach usually um if they if the coaches don't take a job right away they still get paid and then the analyst money is just on top of what they're already owed mm-hmm. whereas if they take a coaching job um it kind of offsets so the you know they, they don't make more money basically it just kind of offsets whatever they were scheduled to make but so cliff takes an analyst job for usc um UFC's offense is finally getting better. You know, that's exactly where their troubles were. Uh, But seriously, um, I think it's a great hire for them. Um, But what are your thoughts there? And then we'll get into maybe some guys that we hope, pray, uh, whatever, light a candle for Texas getting as analysts one day in the future.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of torn with Cliff. I I mean, he (laughs) hasn't been particularly good anywhere he's been. Um, Texas Tech wasn't great. And then he kind of got the Arizona job out of nowhere um, and then wasn't really great there. You know, he had a really good quarterback. Mm -hmm. He had a really good team uh, these past couple of years and and just couldn't get it done. Um, So, so I don't know what to think about him. I I don't know why he keeps getting jobs. Um, An analyst spot might be a good spot for him to learn under Lincoln Riley, who has been successful in in college at least. Um, And, you know, maybe he takes a trip by Alabama and visits them as well and, and tries to learn from saving a little bit, but um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of gives him his next head coaching job, or if he's going to yeah. have to be OC first and said, and kind of work his way up again um, mm-hmm. because he really hasn't impressed as a head coach anywhere mm-hmm. he's been. Um, but hopefully he can get it together and learn something under uh, Lincoln out there at USC and, and kind of revitalize his career.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point about him not really, you know, making it as an, as a head coach, uh, anywhere at at Texas tech. He really wasn't all that impressive, which, you know, Texas tech, it's hard to win. So Mike Leach just set the standards so high because of how good of a coach he was that, you know, everybody else at Texas tech is kind of playing behind the eight ball here. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, because of how well Leach did and Lubbock is a hard place to recruit um, and you know, now with the NIL, even if you do develop guys, they might still leave. but either way, um, but him moving on and going to Lincoln Riley, I think is great for Lincoln Riley only because it gives another voice in the room.
1: You know, mm-hmm. Lincoln
0: Riley, nothing's gonna be stale. Even if Cliff wasn't the best head coach, we know he's still a great offensive mind. That's why he keeps getting these jobs' because he's great with quarterbacks. Um, and you know, he, he has a track record of, of being great with quarterbacks. I mean, he's coached Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kyler Murray. I don't have any of the other ones pulled up, but those are two pretty impressive names, um, right off the bat. So I don't know. I, like you said, I don't know if he's going to get ahead of coaching job, uh, after this analyst job, or if he's just going to get an offensive coordinator job, but Either way, it's a guy who I think if Sark got would be really useful because Cliff runs an air raid type system. A lot of wide receivers um, and a lot of spacing along the offensive line. And Sark doesn't really run that air raid style. He's more pro style. But we have the players on at the wide receiver position to run a true air raid. We can have four wide receivers out on the field at the same time. And it worked really well. And, I mean, obviously, Steve Sarkeesian knows how to do that. But having another yes. guy in there that's, uh has the experience like Cliff does, the more you do something, you know, the more you tinker with it, the more you learn w- its weaknesses to its uh, strengths, um, stuff like that. And Sark never really has majored in four wide receiver sets, whereas Cliff has. So it would be nice to get a voice like that in the room. But – Lincoln Riley grabs him and it makes a ton of sense in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get that as well. And, and um, you know, that's one thing we we talked about with Brandon Marion is the two right back sets and kind of expanding uh, Sark's playbook as well. Um, so whenever you're able to add a guy who, you know, scheme wise plays a little bit different than you, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it opens up your mind a little bit and, and <laughs> adds to your playbook. Like I said, um, with what Brandon Marion brought in, but yeah, that, that's that's great for uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams, he's going to be fantastic. And, and I'm sure he's going to have a great year and, and probably be the first quarterback off the board next year because he's a special talent. And with the way the Pac-12 looks right now, I mean, it, USC can easily run that conference if they can yeah. put some kind of defense together. That, that's just been their <laughs> problem. And, and uh, you know, maybe they figure it out this year. Yeah,
0: exactly. Somehow Utah is like the cream of the crop in that conference, and it still <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. They've won it two years in a row now. Um, kind of embarrassing by Oregon and, and USC, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, like you said, USC is kind of the cream of the crop in the, big, in the Pac-12, so we'll see, uh, we'll see if they can make a college football playoff debut. Uh, Lincoln Riley's been there a couple times. So, um, all right. Anything else? Oh, you know what? Let's, let's talk about our dream analysts here. Uh, I'll throw it to you first. And if you want to throw me a couple names or a few names.
1: Yeah, I got a couple. Um, you know, these are one of them's a dream and one of them is a possibility because it's happened before. Um, Mm -hmm. Brian Hartline, absolute dream to add to this. That would be. If we could steal, I think anybody, that's more than a dream. Yeah. <laughs> if we could steal anybody from any program, it would be Brian Hartline as, as wide receiver coach. I mean, he's done yeah. a phenomenal job at Ohio State, and you know they they basically already got their wide receiver recruiting done for next year and, and this year. I mean, I mean, he just mm-hmm. recruits at such a high level, um, and he develops the guys. You know, it's not just he's a great recruiter, but he's a great teacher of the wide receiver position. Um, so, being able to steal him would be great and the other one, um, who just left Texas, actually, I would love to have Gary Patterson back. I would love for him to uh, come back and and, um, be in PK's ear a little bit more, but, uh, who knows if that's what happens. I'm sure, uh, PK has got his phone number and he'll probably give him a call every once in a while. They'll, they'll be on the phone quite a bit, but, um, Gary Patterson was, was a real, uh, benefit to this defense last year. And, and, uh, I'm sure, like I said, they'll still be in contact, and and he'll still be giving his advice just outside of the program. But um, being able to add Gary Patterson back would be awesome as well.
0: Yeah, and just like I just talked about with Cliff Kingsbury uh, adding kind of more four-wide receiver thoughts into Steve Sarkisian's ear, that's exactly what Gary Patterson did to Pete Krakowski. Texas ran a ton more uh, cover four uh, quarters cover six, half quarters, half field um, coverages last year than he ever has before. He was mainly a cover three guy, uh, single high safety guy, and he completely, not totally 180, but he added so much more um, quarters in in two high safety looks. And, you know, the defense, Texas defense was – one of the best in, in the country, you know uh, I think they ranked 20th or 22nd um, in scoring defense last year. So just having that and having PK add some things to his tool bag, tool belt is, is great to see. And that's exactly why I threw Lovey Smith's name into my uh, dream, Texas analyst. Now my names, I got three names here. And they're all very more realistic than Brian Hartline. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gary Patterson, Gary Patterson is a great one. And like you said, I think I would take Gary Patterson again over Lovey Smith. But in the same kind of vein as Lovey Smith is a cover two wizard. That's what he does. That's his bread and butter. And it's worked for like 20 years in the NFL. Uh, it didn't work so well at Illinois, but I think that had a lot to do with recruiting. Um, just lovey smith's not a college coach you know he did yeah, yeah pretty well with the houston texans given what what they had on that roster um it pretty well as i think they had like three wins last year terrible <laughs> but um but he's he's still a good coach and he's a great defensive mind still so just having that voice in your room pete kwiatkowski learning a lot more about some more too high looks from like I said, a cover two wizard, somebody who's done it for 20 plus years and knows every inside and out flaw to the coverage, I think would be a huge benefit uh, to Pete Kwiatkowski and and this entire Texas defense. The next name I have is uh, Gary Kubiak, same vein. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is one of the best outside zone uh, teachers, you know, that there is. Um, Obviously Mike Shanahan taught him he's a little old now he's in his eighties. I think, I think that ship has sailed. I think he's, he's kind of done, done with, uh, you know, the coaching aspect of football, but, Mm -hmm. and Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's doing pretty well in the NFL. So (laughs) can't really get him either. Uh, they had him as a, as a guest speaker, as a keynote speaker for their uh, coaches clinic. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian had him in. So that was cool to see. It would be awesome to see Gary Kubiak come in here. Um, And just, uh, again, just be another kind of uh, voice in in this offensive room. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and Kyle Flood, obviously they know how to run outside zone, you know. But if they really wanted to major in it, instead of, you know, mixing in every two or three times a game, if they wanted to major in it and only be a zone team, don't really do a whole lot of gap schemes, bring in a guy like Kubiak and just learn it front to back, cover to cover, uh, it's major in it. But those were my two names on offense and defense. And now this one's a little bit different, so I kind of want to get your opinion here, is Kevin Colbert, uh, the former Pittsburgh Steelers general manager. I think this is a guy who would maybe not even be like an analyst, like a football analyst. Maybe he would be somewhere else in the program.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But with colleges getting more and more – You know, like the NFL with NIL deals and uh, transfer portal rules, and, you know, just being able to move pretty freely. I think having a former NFL GM would be incredibly beneficial for the Texas program in general. But uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, You can skip straight to Colbert because the other two were kind of in the same vein as you, but go on.
1: Yeah, the Colbert. You know that would be interesting. That'd be a different take on kind of the NIL and and, you know trying to um, get these guys used to a pro style, NFL style, you know, front office style um, in college. So when they get to the NFL, um, they're they're more used to it. Um, The only question I would have with that is if that would have any kind of recourse from from the NCAA uh, Mm -hmm. bringing in somebody who. Would act like a general manager. Um, obviously, he can't be offering in IL deals. Uh, I, th- I think mm, we both right. know that. But just having somebody who can manage that and manage that side of things, I think that'd be mm-hmm. very interesting. And, and as far as I know, Texas would be the first uh, program to do that. So right. that, that's kind of the one that entices me the most. Obviously, Lovey Smith, uh, Gary Kubiak, great coaches, um, mm-hmm. coach for a very, very long time, like you said. Um, but uh adding a former nfl gm is kind of enticing you know i kind of like that idea and and wouldn't mind seeing that whatsoever
0: yeah that was the one that i was most excited to talk about i wanted to bring up gary kubiak and lovey smith obviously for their reasons that i brought up but the former gm thing is the one that i'm most interested in like you said just because i don't think another college has really done it obviously every college has a director of player personnel like yeah uh texas is billy glasscock right now but not not i don't know exactly what he does but maybe it is really similar to what an nfl gm does but you know kevin colbert did it at like the highest of levels like pittsburgh is one of the best ran franchises uh you know in in the past two decades so colbert started in the 2000s so that's something that I'd be really, really interested in for him specifically just to kind of help navigate, but it would be a lot of learning for him as well, you know, but yeah, I think it would would help Steve Sarkeesian kind of also learn more about the inner workings of being a GM, because in college, your head coach is your general manager, you know, he's in charge of all your recruiting, all of your transfer portal additions, um, as well as obviously the on field stuff. So,
1: yeah, that I mean, I, I would love to see it, but you also got to think about it this way what is that paycheck going to look like? <laughs> yeah. how, how much money are they willing to throw uh, to, to a guy who, who does have over 20 years of experience in the mm-hmm. NFL, in the front office? Um, yeah because is it when, worth it for him yeah, yeah yeah is it worth it for him is it worth it for the school um you know that that's just something that obviously cdc would have to look at but i, I would be all for it if if they threw him or, or even another former uh, nfl gm a uh, uh an offer say hey come come work for us kind of show us the inner workings of what the nfl looks like and, and uh try to help us out on on the nil side of things and and maybe even how we can better run our program, you know, that, that would be awesome. And I'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Okay. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Sark interview. Uh, First, let's start off with the press conference that happened literally just a few hours ago. Um, I know you caught that, so I'll kind of throw it to you. What were your notes there um, on that?
1: Yeah. um, You know, there were, Especially at the end there, which uh, Texas media always does it, but there were a couple of dumb questions. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I'm not Texas name media, any... not us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to name <laughs> names, but uh, one 24/7 guy uh, asked if there were going to be any position battles going into the summer, which is probably yeah, one of the dumbest questions one. I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Um, but but overall, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It seems like the team is at a point where. Sark thinks they're ready to go. They're ready to play football. Obviously, we're not to that point yet, but um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what happens this Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that, or this Saturday. Sorry, we'll get into that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. overall, um, not that many injuries. Um, Sark had a lot of good things to say about the quarterbacks, uh, about the team in general, um, uh, about Anthony Hill and um, oh, Byron Murphy at the middle, yeah. pat rushing the passer um so yeah it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this weekend obviously we're we're all looking forward to that but um yeah no, nothing too crazy but uh, again there's a couple stupid questions there at the end <laughs> yeah no that was terrible <laughs> oh
0: my god i i and it, i think it was in the final two questions one of those was that i'm like really yeah. like yeah come on keep that one in the chamber <laughs> <Schick>. <laughs> um okay so my biggest note here was uh situational awareness. He brought it up like a few times and he talked about practicing it and you know, he's practicing certain situations like that's it. That's mm-hmm. what the portion of practice is. and for example, the one that he just talked about in the presser was two point plays. So they just practiced two point plays and how those kind of play out. Um, and then he talked about, you know, doing that, splitting that up into different ones, uh, like two minute trail being one, I'm sure um, high red zone, one being one, I'm sure. And then just, um, you know, practicing them and then in game situations or in their scrimmages, um, having leaders on the team kind of remind the rest of the players, like, Hey, this is a two minute trail, like change your tempo, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. Um, change your mindset. We're in a different situation than just, you know, kind of on the 50 yard line or in our own 20, you know, it's different situation, like readjust and, uh, just know your, know, you know, the ins and outs of what that situation dictates, dictates. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting and something that, um, you know, is kind of refreshing, honestly to, to just hear how much he cares about the situational awareness aspect, because I think that's a lot of the times when you talk about blown leads, which Texas has struggled with, I think that's a huge part of it. It's like how, what went wrong here? I think Mm -hmm. situational awareness has a lot to do with it. You know, players moving too fast or too slow, uh, players maybe not trying harder, but, um, you know, whatever the nuances of it may be, uh, that's the difference of the ball game at
1: times, you know? Yeah. And like, like you said, Texas has struggled with that over the past several years, even before Sark. Uh, right. Of, you know, they'll have a big lead and they'll, they'll kind of drain it away. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, working on that and getting that down is very important. Um, you know, something else that I know we have talked about a little bit was special teams, kickers, punters. Um, obviously, with Trey o leaving, there's kind of a question mark at punter. Uh and another one of those dumb questions that was asked was um Ryan Sanborn, obviously the the Stanford transfer. He's not on campus yet. He's getting here this Saturday. Um basically Sark was asked, um, you know, how comfortable are you since you haven't seen your punter yet? And, and was something I didn't even think about was Sark said, I, I've watched him for four years at Stanford, we're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And, then, Just, and, and that's 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 one thing that I I didn't even think about. You know, obviously transfer punter coming in, but the guy's a senior. He's been kick, been punting in college for four years now. Right, like it. That's that's not that big of a question mark. But, oh, overall, you know, I, I think this team has a lot of talent. I think Sark knows that, and uh, I I think we're going to see something special this season. And, um, you know, obviously this weekend you're not going to see anything too flashy. It's going to be fairly vanilla. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just ready for the game to get here, ready for the season to get here, and, and ready to see
0: what this team can actually be. I know, me too. Uh, and then the only other note that I have that you didn't uh, hit on, or maybe you did, and I missed it, but Cam Williams getting snaps at right guard, yes, uh, yeah. and right tackle. So um, you talked about it, but there's a couple of spring game injuries going on, and the only ones he mentioned by name are DJ Campbell, presumably uh, one of one of the guards that are going to start. Um, And then Jalen Catalan and then likely Keelan Robinson will be held out as well. Um, But Cam Robinson getting snaps at right guard, I think is pretty telling and makes sense with Cole Hudson dealing with injury as well. Now we hear DJ Campbell, isn't going to be in the spring game. It makes sense that Cam Williams is getting some snaps at right guard um, just to kind of solidify the depth of the offensive line.
1: Yeah. And, and, I think we talked about this a lot last year, but that, that's something that Flood uh, Kyle Flood likes to do is cross train yeah. a bunch of these guys. Um, so it, it's it, it's nice to hear something about Cam Williams because we really haven't had heard much outside of you know mm-hmm. speculation and people saying this kid's going to be good. Um, yeah. But hearing that he's you know getting getting looks at right guard and right tackle, um, you know that that's huge cross training. So you know if somebody does go down, he could step in at either spot and, and play a significant role. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see him as well, see what, see what he can do, see how quick on his feet he is, see if he's um, lost a few pounds and just to see what he can do uh, on that right side of the offensive line.
0: Yeah, and, you know what, let's, let's bring that right into uh, the spring game and what you're excited to see in general. Um, just a little <clears> premise. <throat> it's going to be a full game with a score. Um, I assume that's because the depth along the offensive line now is pretty good, um, yeah. and really the entire team, the entire roster, is just feels like it has way more depth than it did when Sark was coming in. Um, I don't know. I just, I just feel like that was that was kind of noteworthy. But uh, I'll kind of throw it to you here.
1: Yeah, I, I was. I actually uh, watched one of uh, JD, JD Piquel's, uh videos mm-hmm. on what he expects from the spring game, and and he mm-hmm. basically hit on exactly what I was thinking. You know, I, we're going to see Quinn a little bit. Um, I just want to see him make a couple plays, you know, get the crowd excited, you know, maybe some explosive plays and then sit him out. And then basically Mm -hmm. I just want to see Malik and Arch go at it. You know, I I hope they kind of have a shootout. Um, But you know, it it could be pretty boring. You know, there could be not that much offense where the quarterbacks aren't on that day or or whatever it might be, but it, it should be an exciting game. And no matter what happens, there there's going to be people, you know, if the offense scores a bunch of points, there's going to be people saying, oh, this defense is terrible. If mm-hmm. the offense struggles, they're going to be like, oh, Sarkeesian's not the guy. We, we need to find a new – there's going to be overreactions all over the place. So I, I'm just kind of looking for, you know, each of these quarterbacks to kind of make a play, show that they belong, and, and then, you know, see what this defense can do. You know, are, are the edge rushers going to get after the quarterback? You know, are they going to get home a couple times, uh, you know, uh, these running backs, they, they struggled in the bowl game against, against Washington, you know, are they going to, are they going to break a few open? Are they going to see lanes? Um, this offensive line with the younger guys, you know, what's mm-hmm. that going to look like? Um, if DJ Campbell, God forbid, misses significant time, you know, and he's not available at the beginning of the season, you know, who's going to be in his spot? What are they going to look like? that That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, and then obviously, uh, I'm ready to see A.D. Mitchell catch a couple of balls, uh, Jonte yeah. Cook. Uh, they're, they're, there's a bunch of guys out there that I want to see get significant time, especially these younger guys. Um, but it, it's going to be fun, and I, I'm excited to see see what they can do.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, especially uh, with the offensive line versus the defensive line. I think that's my biggest thing that I'm excited to see is I want to see how these young offensive linemen deal with this still veteran defensive line group. Um, the edges are a little bit on the younger side, but on the interior, it's still a really veteran group, even after losing Mora Ojimo and, uh, Keandre Coburn mm-hmm. to the NFL. So, um, I'm interested to see how this O-line does. Um, <clears throat> I'm currently rewatching a couple Jake Majors games and just strictly scouting Jake Majors, uh, and then I'll move on to somebody else afterwards. But I'm on game number two here, uh, and it's the Oklahoma game. I watched the Alabama game, um, you know, mildly impressed. I, I, I'm i not really, um, you know, kind of blown away um, by any means with, with how he played. But um, I think it's kind of about what I expected, pretty steady average play. Um, and I just want to kind of continue to see that. Um, but like you said, this right guard spot is a little bit of a question mark now with DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson dealing with injuries. Hopefully we do see Cam Williams kind of step in and hold his own against uh, guys who have been a force like Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Tavondre Sweat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those are, you know, no easy foe to go up against. You know, Byron Murphy, Mm -hmm. one that Sark has said in the presser that he's been dominating. You know, he's unblockable at times. Um, you know, yeah. I, I want to see that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, but I also want to see Cam Williams win a couple reps against him as well. Um, right. so seeing that battle and, and even him against Devondre Sweat, um, maybe even Chris Rossford and Broughton, Sadir Mitchell, depending on what the teams are, obviously. Um, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially on the edge, I, I really, really hope that Justice Finkley and Jamon Tapper on opposite teams. Um, so we mm-hmm. can kind of see them each get uh, first team reps on their teams and, and see what they can do. Um, yeah. We kind of know what we have in Baron Sorrell. He's more of a speed rusher; can get off the ball quick and get to the quarterback. Is he going to be able to finish a couple sacks in, in the spring game? We'll see. Um, but no. But uh, Anthony Hill is one that, <laughs> man, I, I'm really excited for and to see what he can do and and um, you know see if he can make a difference in this game. Obviously, it's a it's like we said plenty of times, it's a glorified practice, but seeing if he can make a few plays and, and kind of get the fans excited for the number one overall uh, linebacker in the class. Um, you know, right. I, I, last year it was Harold Perkins, and he dominated LSU. I'm, I don't want to put that pressure on Anthony Hill, but he's got some pretty high expectations from a lot of Texas fans, so, so I hope he can show out and and show that he belongs and, and will be a mainstay in that linebacker room for, for a couple years here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I say no because if he finishes a sack, um, oh yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> want to see Quinn Ewers and uh, Malik Murphy and Arch Manning on the ground. So no, not at all. <laughs> Hopefully, no finished sacks, but I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, like you said, Anthony Hill. Um, I'm excited to see like how he reacts um, to to a starting role. You assume he's going to start on one team or the other. Yeah. However, the Kind of divvy it up is completely on Sark. He said so himself. He's just going to make the teams. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of where he pairs, like what quarterback he pairs with what wide receiver. I mean, I have to assume Quinn Ewers is going to get with AD Mitchell because they need every rep they can get. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind yeah. of uh, build that chemistry. But I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Sark knows a lot more than I do, but uh, I'm just excited to see what these quarterback to wide receiver pairings are. Um, I think Arch is, or Malik even, uh, is going to get Jontay. And I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, spring game, I, you know, you can't really gather a whole lot from it. I think no injuries is a successful day. but it's still just so much so much fun because you see all of these true freshmen all these transfers um and then even even the second year guys who didn't get a whole lot of playing time their first year like justice spinkley and jamon Taff. you mentioned um we get to see those guys out there as well so really 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 excited for all
1: that yeah and and like i said Jonte cook uh I have a feeling he's going to be dominating the game uh, no matter who, which quarterback he's with Uh, even Deandre Moore, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's been uh, flashing in spring practice as well. Yeah. Um, But A.D. Mitchell, like, like you said, him and Quinn Ewers on the same team is kind of what I'm hoping for um, just so they can get those reps in obviously. And um, I'd imagine that it's going to be Quinn Ewers on one team or Quinn and Arch on one team and Malik and, And um, I'm forgetting his name, Charles Wright. Yeah, Charles Wright on the other team because I I just don't feel like Quinn's gonna play a whole lot. He may play a quarter, quarter and a half, and then it's gonna be Arch versus Malik just battling it out for that QB, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's what I'm here for. (laughs) You know, I'm ready to see what Malik can do. Um, because I I don't think he was able to play last year, he was still dealing with that foot injury. Um, you know, I'm just ready to see what he can do, see what Arch can do. Um, see what these running backs can do. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, Cedric Baxter, uh, Keelan Robinson, obviously probably a no-go uh, according yeah. to Sark, but um, even Jadon Blue, you know, see what he can do. See if he has a little burst in a step. Uh, it, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's with who, um, you know, even the matchups on the outside, you know, who's going to be the corner on X, who's going to be the corner on uh, AD, you know, th- that's going to be a fun matchup as well. Um, but yeah, the the trenches is where you know you're gonna see have a lot of fun and uh see see what see how these young guys on the offensive line hold up against, like you said, a very, very, very veteran uh defensive front.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about Steve Sarkeesian's interview on uh the pivot podcast. Uh I know you didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, so I'll kind of give you a little bit of the things that I took away. Mm-hmm. Uh Maybe I'll just do it one by one so then it doesn't get too lost here. But uh, one of them is NIL being the last thing he talks about with recruits when recruiting them and kind of using that as a way to not judge their character, but kind of know um, that they're coming to Texas for more than just the NIL opportunities, which obviously Texas has um, some of the best in the country. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I feel like, that is the correct way to go about it. What are your thoughts there?
1: Um, You know, part of me thinks that's, he's probably not telling the truth
0: (laughs) about (laughs) that. Uh, And and then part of me thinks, you
1: know, he, he's not the one that's going to bring that up. He has people for that. Uh, He already has, you know, if he probably has donors that reach out for him and kind of do that side of the work for him. Um, because they know they know who the who the mm-hmm. big recruits are uh he doesn't have to go out there and tell them um so i'm kind of torn there uh but yeah i, I absolutely I, I could see it happening where he doesn't have to bring it up until the end because it's already known they already know texas has money he doesn't have to try to yeah. flex that uh um, right and but yeah i like he's, I've I've heard him say it before in pressers and in interviews that he wants kids to come to Texas for Texas. He doesn't want them mm-hmm. to come to Texas for that NIL money. Um, yeah. and I I agree with that. You know, because once that money dries up, if they're not playing well, you know, they're going to bounce and want to go play somewhere else. Um, so so I I completely get that point there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great point of you calling a spade a spade because it almost definitely isn't the truth. Maybe it is. For Sark personally but these recruits know exactly what kind of nil they're getting as soon as they get yeah. that um you know us uh, uh scholarship offer from texas so i think you're absolutely right about that but it is kind of nice to know that, kind of where steve sarkisian's mindset is maybe he's he's lying about it but um you know at least he's saying the right things in yeah. the you know, yeah. he's not just throwing it around um Now, here's a pretty big one, honestly, and makes a lot of sense, especially when you look back at a guy like Jadon Blue, but it's when a transfer portal goes – or, I'm sorry, when a player goes into the transfer portal, Steve Sarkeesian said he is not coming back to Texas. Like, when you enter the transfer portal, he says, like, that's it. Like, you kind of made your bed there, so – think long and hard before you enter that portal because he's not going to really be playing those games. Um, You're at the university of Texas. You're at a pretty good spot. Um, He mentions the grass isn't always greener on the other side. He kind of preaches that to his players. Um, So kind of think long and hard that you want to enter the transfer portal before doing it because Sark doesn't want to be playing those games. And honestly, I I truly do think that's the best way to go about it. I didn't even kind of think about that at all. Um, but I think that's that's the correct move. And I bring up Jadon Blue before this point, but there were tons of uh, reports and rumors that Jadon Blue was about to enter the transfer portal. And then almost 30 minutes after that, he sends out a tweet saying that he's locked into the horns. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but what are your thoughts there on that?
1: Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, you know, yeah. Sarkis said a, a lot that um, after the season, they sit, he sits down with their, every player, kind of tells them what he thinks, uh, kind of gets kind of gets their opinion on the on the situation, mm-hmm. and and just kind of trying to feel it out of where they're at, what are the, where their heads at. Um, and I, I'm sure he's had plenty of conversations where you know maybe this isn't the place for you, maybe you should. I reach out and and see about transferring and maybe the player brings that up first um, and if the pr- player brings that up i I'm sure sark tells them that up front like right. I, if, if you want to enter the portal that's your choice 100 um but just know your your roster spot's gone <laughs> you know right that he's laying that out there up front um and, and I could see that happening 100 um and, and like you said jadon blue where they i I thought he was gone you know i I thought you know it's uh, good luck you know have fun um i thought he was going to houston i thought he was going to be a great player there and try to get revenge on texas this year when when texas and houston play um yeah but like you said sent out a tweet you know 30 minutes later and and kind of calm the waters there um but a player like that a former number one overall running back um you know, there, there's a lot of discussions that happen behind closed doors and, and he knew what was going to happen if he hit, hit the portal and um, ultimately decided against it. For now, at least, um, you know, there's there's right. always the portal opening up here in a couple weeks after spring ball. But um, that, that's going to be another interesting <laughs> time when to see who hits the portal then and, and what players are yeah. around the country. But, yeah, I, I, I love that. Honestly, um, if you're not completely bought in, then then go ahead and step out and, and you know, good luck to you somewhere else. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely.
0: And you bring up the spring transfer portal opening up opening up somewhat soon. That is not going to be a fun day for me. I'm going to be really sad when we <laughs> see some. We're. I'm just bracing for. I think we're going to see some talented players enter the portal, like um, along the offensive line, uh, in the running back room. Potentially, we talk about Jadon Blue, but there's just so much talent at Texas in the secondary. Uh, too, I shouldn't leave out, but I, I, I just think that there might be, uh, there might be some additions to that transfer portal, and uh, and I don't think anybody's gonna be too excited about any of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that absolutely. Um, but you know, there may be a big name that hits the portal from elsewhere, and and Bet, they get Texas a Luke, so So, um, you know, it's kind of a give and take, obviously, with the transfer portal. But, um, from from the, the little clip that I've seen from this from the interview we're talking about now, um, I, I think Sarkeesian likes his team. He likes where they're at, and he kind of mm-hmm. thinks this could be the one that gets him over the hump here at Texas. So, um, you know, I, I'm not expecting any big time names to hit hit the portal, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some contributors who who could hit the portal um, after the spring.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then in that kind of same light here. Uh, something Sark brings up a lot and he didn't say this outright well he kind of did in in different parts of the interview but he is a person who got a second chance obviously you know he really messed up with USC like really really messed up there but then he couldn't get an interview uh, anywhere else in football and then finally Nick Saban gave him his second chance and him just being so grateful to Nick Saban for that He's basically saying – he basically said that he wants to give other people second, third, fourth chances, um, you know, at the University of Texas. And I think it already shows um, with how he handled Jaleel Billingsley and uh, Ajay Hall, two guys who left Alabama specifically, um, you know, with some trouble. Uh, Billingsley was dealing with some sort of suspension. We still don't really know what it was, but he was suspended for six games at Texas. And then obviously Hall kind of had his issues and never really saw the field for Texas before they both ended up leaving. Um but I think that's super interesting. And um we talked about Denver Harris being a guy who, you know, kind of was dealing with some, some stuff at Texas AM and uh enters the portal and eventually lands with LSU. And we were kind of talking you know, would Texas go after him? Would they not? Um, it sounds like Steve Sarkeesian would have, you know, or, or did even, uh, we don't know, but sounds like Sark wants to be a guy to give other people second chances. So I think that's something to kind of keep in mind when you're looking at potential transfer portal additions. Mm -hmm. Um, especially now, I think there's always a balance between, you know, culture and, um, and, you know, the risk reward of adding a guy who might have some, some issues that they're dealing with. Um, I think now the way Steve Sarkeesian talks about this team, like you just mentioned, I think he's got the culture kind of there already. So I wouldn't be surprised if they really take anybody from the transfer portal, um, you know, if they're dealing with issues or what, what the case may be.
1: Yeah. And, you know, with with the Jai Hall and Jaleel Billingsley, you know, if you have your culture set up right, Sark doesn't have to take care of that. You know, the players will take care of that themselves. Um, but I'm all for giving people second chances, 100%. Um, but you got to have some strict rules on them to, as well. Of You know, you you dealt with this at a certain school. Um, if we see it here, you know, you're going to get suspended and you're going to be dismissed from the team for, for a certain period of time. Um And then if it keeps happening, you know, we're going to ask you to leave, you know, that that's just how it is. And I think that's how Sark would go about it. And I think that's how he did with the Jai Hall. Um, That that one really sticks out to me where it just we we were really excited about Jai Hall, what he could be, but it just never worked out. Um, It just things didn't seem to come together. Same thing with Denver Harris, you know, sometimes for those kids, um, a change of scenery is what they need. Um, So, so I hope he goes to LSU. I hope he has a successful career and kind of gets his head on straight, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they got to make that choice of, you know, it's, it's time to change, you know, it's time to be focused on this. I I could change my family's life. If I, if I put all of my heart into this, all my soul into this and and actually focus Mm -hmm. on this Um, and that's a choice they have to make. So, I, I think Sark um, knows that he made that choice. Like he made the correct choice yeah. to to go with Saban and, and um, you know change his life and revitalize his career. Um, but each each person he gives a second chance to. You know they have to make that choice for themselves and and they have to choose to uh, change. Um, and so far, <laughs> not not many of the guys that he's brought in have, have done that. Um, right. But but he's gonna keep giving them second chances. And and um, if, if they're gonna you know, keep acting up now, the, the players are going to take the care of that. He doesn't really have to worry about that situation anymore um, with the way mm-hmm. the culture set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like you said, uh, Sark has taken some swings, and obviously they've been misses so far, but there are plenty of success stories out there in the history of football of, yeah. of people messing up. I think one that comes to mind for me is Tyron Matthew at LSU, you know, yeah. getting popped on a couple drug tests. Um You know, being super talented, but falling to the third round in the NFL draft. And now, boom, look at him, you know, uh, potential Hall of Famer. But definitely one of the best safeties in the league in his prime. Uh, Another one, Laramie Tunsel, Ole Miss. Everybody knows that gas mask incident (laughs) made some drop. Probably a full 10 or so draft picks. Um, And now, ever since that day, he's really, I, I haven't heard a single thing bad about him and he's the highest paid offensive tackle in in yeah. nfl history or in you know in the history of the nfl so there are success stories so i do like that steve sarkisian is giving away these second chances because you know why why not you know um, yeah. obviously it's worked for steve sarkisian he's another success story um so i i like that um and then my only My last kind of note here on the press conference is, and I talked about this as well before, but him breaking down and building back up his offense um, to kind of fit the pieces he now has. Last year we saw it with him using more and more two running back sets and uh, Brendan Marion uh, had, you know, a hand in that as well. But um, now this year, you know, we still do have talented running backs, don't get me wrong, but I think our wide receiver room is really where the stars are. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of how he breaks down and then builds this offense back up back up and kind of pieces together um how this offense is gonna look for the twenty twenty-three season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm looking at a quote right now and I'm I'm sure this is the part where it came from, but adapt or die. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Saban had to do it. Uh, he was right. a very defensive first, you know, run the ball forty times a game. You know that that's how you win games. You just run out the clock, and your running backs yeah. so win you the game. Um, and then he kind of switched, brought Lane Kiffin in, who's if, if anybody knows Lane Kiffin, he likes to throw a ball a lot, um, runs mm. RPOs a lot. Um, and then obviously Sark after him, who you know Devonte Smith won the Heisman as wide receiver. That, that's right, hasn't happened in a very long time, and it's very very rare. Um, so, you know, adapting to the way college football is going now and, and being successful at it is what Sark is trying to do here. And I I think he's doing a very good job of it. Obviously, you know, we're, we're still looking for results. You know, last year was a big jump from year Mm -hmm. one, obviously going, um, eight and five after the bowl game. Um, but this year, you know, double digit wins is, is kind of the goal. I I, I think for most people, um, getting to the big 12 championship game is kind of the, end-all goal and winning it. Mm -hmm. Um, But double-digit wins, getting to the Big 12 championship game, and and potentially making a college football playoff is kind of what we want to see from Sark um, before we head to the SEC to face much, much tougher competition over these next years here. But, um, you know, let's leave the Big 12 with a bang. You know, let's go out there and win this thing and and let's see that his plan has come together and, and, you know, the way he built his roster – Um, actually works Um, and and that'll be a great transition going to the sec but um, adapt or die is is something that i think stark has really bought into and and is trying to improve um, especially his offense as best he can Um, and and i've already said it a couple times but bring in brandon marion and letting him kind of tinker with his playbook a little bit Um, you know we, we talked about cliff kingsbury with lincoln riley um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sark brings in an air raid guy like that as well, just to kind of see, you know, what their mm-hmm. mind, what their thought process is. You know, what would they call here? What would they do in this situation? Um, always having guys in your circle that you know aren't yes men <laughs> is right. great for a head coach, and I, I think that's what Sark's looking for.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely uh, sounds like that's the case. Um, all right, is there any other? notes any other thoughts you have uh before we get out of here
1: um not that i can think of
0: yeah 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 no i'm just excited for the spring game obviously uh i think it's a 1 p.m kickoff uh central time on saturday so uh really excited for that my schedule is cleared um uh, maybe i'll even smoke some ribs or something like Ooh. that on a saturday morning <laughs> yeah i know i'm, I'm kind of just playing this out of my head right now, so we'll, we'll see how it actually goes but uh i i am so excited just to see some football on my screen uh i i just don't watch the xfl so i don't really count that i'm sorry <laughs> Dude, dwayne the rock johnson um so, yeah, all right, uh, that will do it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, learned something, or just want to support us at Texas Talk, please rate five stars wherever you're listening. But more importantly, uh, I said it at the top, but tell your friends and family about us. It is the best way for us to grow this brand name. Um, if you want to tweet at us, uh, you know, if you have a dream analyst we talked about it at the top, if you have any thoughts on the spring uh, game, tweet at us at Texas Talk underscore on Twitter. Um, pretty easy, Texas underscore or Texas Talk underscore. So, tweet at us. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, but with that, uh, thank you all for listening. And as always, hokum.
1: Hokum.